Good morning, good morning. How is everybody today? Are we dismissing children? Yes, I see your head shaking. Children, you can go and enjoy a lesson designed specifically for you. In other words, you don't have to listen to me preach. That's a good thing for kids, right? So, if you have your Bibles this morning, and you would turn with me to Mark chapter 9. Gospel of Mark chapter 9. And we're going to share um, a message there today entitled, Feeble Faith Meets a Strong Savior. Feeble Faith Meets a Strong Savior. So this story unfolds in the life of Jesus and the disciples, beginning in verse 14. And it says, And when they came back to the disciples, now they were on what we refer to as the Mount of Transfiguration, And so Jesus had taken three of the disciples, they'd gone with him for a time, and now they're returning. And so, and when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and some scribes arguing with them. And immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed, and began began running up to greet him. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. And I told your disciples to cast it out, and they could not do it. And he answered them and said, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, How long has has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it came and, and has come often and thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and began saying, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and do not enter him again. And after crying out and throwing him into a terrible convulsions, it came out. And the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him, and he got up. And when he had come into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This, cannot, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. Now, it's a really uh, amazing story that unfolds in the life of Jesus and the disciples in Mark chapter 9. In 2010, now this is 12 years ago, U.S. News and World Report said in a report that in the United States there are 
27 million adults and 7.5 million children, again, remember, 12 years ago, having a diagnosable mental disorder. More than the common combined number of people with cancer, heart disease, and lung disorders. A, a definable, diagnosable mental disorder. For many, that mental disorder is anxiety or worry. It's the idea of something that is so overwhelming and so difficult and so challenging, there is no way that I can overcome. The man in today's story is someone who finds himself in that position. In fact, he's in the position of what we would understandably consider an anxiety attack. He, he is struggling with his son and his son being in crisis. And oftentimes in our lives, our greatest worries are over those that we love the most. And we worry and we're anxious and we struggle with this overwhelming feeling that, that this is too big for me. It's, it's much larger than I and there's no way that I can handle it. I, I can only begin to, to try to imagine what this man's life must have been like. The, the, the idea that the child of a, uh, the, the birth of a child, especially a, a male child in that day, would be a glorious and exciting occasion. And yet he says from childhood, when we don't know if it was the moment of birth, but shortly thereafter from childhood, this child of his, this little boy of his, had been overtaken by this spirit. Imagine the difficulties of experiences and things that occurred, that there were occasions, he said, that the Spirit threw his son into the fire or threw his son into the water or, or, or all of these other things that he would, would fall down in convulsions and begin foaming at the mouth. And, and to watch your child going through these kinds of fits, the anxiety that would create, because you're helpless. There's nothing you can do. It's bigger than you are. It's more challenging and difficult than you can handle. And there's nothing you can do for that child. Imagine how his heart must be breaking. Imagine over and over and over again how he struggled with these fits and, and with these events and the things that were happening. And how difficult that must be to see your child in pain and, and suffering and, and going through this difficulty, and you're helpless to do anything about it for your child. How difficult that must have been. Perhaps the only good thing that can come out of worry and anxiety is that sometimes, like in the story today, it drives us to the Lord. That sometimes our worry and anxiety will cause us to call out to the Lord. And that's what he did. And he said, have mercy on us and help us. I wonder this morning if you've ever been there. If any of you have ever faced a, a situation or circumstances in your life that the anxiety and the worry and, and the, the largeness of what you're facing was so overwhelming. That, that you, you, you paused for a moment and just said, Lord, help me. I, I don't know 
where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. I'm helpless in this situation. Will you help me? Calling out to the Lord for help. That's where we find this man in the story today. It brought the father to Jesus in order to seek help. In order to find something that could help him resolve this difficulty, this conflict in his child's life. The other side of that is this. We discover in the story that when he comes and, and this motivates him, this worry and anxiety motivates him to call out to the Lord for help, that's really all the faith he has. In fact, he admits in that moment that his faith is small. He asked Jesus not just to help with his child, but he says, I believe, help me in my unbelief. In other words, I'm, I'm struggling here. I don't have a lot of faith, but I have enough faith that I called out to you for help. And so there are three things that I want us to see about that today. And the first is this. I want us to see the suspected difficulty. What is the difficulty that this man is having? He comes to Jesus for help, but then he admits that he has unbelief. Why? Why, if he came to Jesus for help, does he have unbelief? Well, the first thing that I would imagine is that there has been some doubt or unbelief generated in his mind and in his life because the disciples were unsuccessful in casting out the demon. These are the followers of Jesus. They're the ones that have been given the power and the authority. They're the ones who are preaching and teaching in Jesus' absence. And surely, they must be able to accomplish this. And they weren't able to. They had tried, and they had failed. They had sought to cast out the demon. In fact, they'd reached a point, according to the text today, that people had gathered around and and that there were some of the scribes that had come along and they were arguing with them that they didn't have the power to do this. And it's obvious that, that you really aren't who you say you are, that Jesus really isn't who he says he is because you don't have the power to do this. And so there's this argument and this debate that's going on, and that's where Jesus finds them when He returns to them. And so we can begin to imagine and understand a little bit of the idea that there's some doubt or unbelief in His heart because these guys who are followers of Jesus, who should be able to do this, who claim they can do this, are unsuccessful. My son is still struggling. So I think at that point, the next thing that I see about this, this struggle that he's having is the hopelessness. Think about that for just a moment. I, I, nothing else has ever worked. I'm coming as a last resort, crying out to Jesus for help. This is the last thing that I can do. And these guys are unsuccessful. Imagine the feeling of hopelessness that began to invade his heart and his mind. If, if this doesn't work, where else do I go? What other hope do I have? What else can I do in this circumstance, in this situation? This, this boy's disease, fitful, miserable, difficult, challenging, and I have no other hope. I have nowhere else to turn. There, there's nothing else that I can do. And, and we hear a, a hint of it in his voice when he says this, Savior, if you can do anything. If you could help, I mean, they couldn't, 
but if you could help out. And so the idea that, that maybe the Savior was powerless. Maybe that he didn't have the power to do this either. The idea that, that hey, listen, these guys are your representatives and they claimed they could do it and they couldn't do it. So if you can, could you help us? So, so again, that doubt begins to creep in. And, and here's what I see in that. I see what happens to us in life. Oftentimes we have anxiety, we have worry, we have stress. And we're facing it and it's overwhelming and we don't know how to deal with it. And we cry out to the Lord and we're asking for His help. We're asking for Him to somehow help us resolve this issue that we're having. And all the time in our ear, our anxiety and our worry is whispering to us, He can't help. He doesn't care. He can't help. He doesn't care. He's got too many other things that are far more important than your little problem. There's a world pandemic and people are dying. There's a war where a country is being ravaged and people are dying. There's disease. There's homelessness. There's helplessness. There's starvation. All of these other things in the world. Why would he care about your little problem? Why would he be concerned with what you're dealing with in your life? He's got all of these other monumental things that are going on. And anxiety is whispering in our ear all the time. Worry is whispering, whispering in our ear all the time. We're coming to Jesus wanting help, but anxiety and worry and stress say to us, He doesn't care, and He can't help. He doesn't care, and He can't help. And so we find this man... In this situation, Lord, if you can, would you help my son and I? There's doubt. There's uncertainty. Because the worry and anxiety and stress are too big for him to deal with. The second thing that I see is the tearful discovery. The struggle that he has, his small faith. And I think it's so interesting When he first approaches Jesus, he says, if you can, have mercy on us and help my son. Now his thought turns and he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Did you see the transition? The first help was directly for his son. Would you help my son? The second help he asked for is for his unbelief, for his lack of faith. Why is that? Because the strength comes in our faith the healing comes in our faith the power comes in our faith and so the transition of his thought process is realizing and understanding that if my son's going to receive healing if something's going to happen to help his life it begins with my faith so he says lord i believe but help my unbelief I've got doubt, I've got uncertainty, and you have made it clear that unless I have enough faith, this isn't going to happen. Unless I trust you enough, believe in you enough, and place this in your hands solely in your care, this isn't going to happen. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He's crying out for help, and here's what I want us to understand. As I want us to recognize and realize that when we come to the Lord, it may begin as a small faith. But if we'll trust in Him, if we'll believe in Him, if we'll place our confidence in Him, the faith will begin to grow. And He can begin with just a little faith. He can begin with with just a small amount of belief and understanding. 
And He can grow from there because He can be trusted. He can grow our hearts. He can, he can grow our faith. He can grow our belief, the, the truth of Scripture, the power of Christ's blood. All of that begins to change the fulfillment of His promises. All of that begins to change our faith. And He says, I believe, help my unbelief. I'm struggling here. I've got some doubts and uncertainties. And Jesus said, I I can take that little bit of faith and work with it. I I can take that little bit of trust that you've given me, and we can build on that. So what I want to encourage you is, is recognize where your faith is today. And if your faith is small, that's okay. He says, you come to me, and we'll begin right where you are, and we'll work together to grow that faith. We'll work together to establish a greater trust and a greater belief and a greater understanding of the power of the blood of Christ, a greater understanding of the truths of the Scripture than how they apply to your life. But we've got to begin with some faith. And he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm struggling here in the midst of this. And so he calls to Jesus for help. And Jesus responds. And Jesus calls this unclean spirit out of his child and, and the unclean spirit wrestles, not wanting to let go, throws the child into another convulsion, throws the, the child into another fit before Jesus. But then ultimately what? Surrenders to the power of the Lord Most High and he obeys. Understand that. Whatever worry, whatever anxiety, whatever stress, Whatever difficulty in your life, it ultimately will have to surrender and obey the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There isn't anything that's too big for Him. There isn't any problem that's too small for Him. There isn't anything that's impossible for Him. And so if you're facing it and you've got worry and you've got stress and you've got anxiety and it's got your mind all jumbled up and you're struggling with your belief and you're struggling with your faith, understand today if you will turn it over to Him, there isn't anything too big, there isn't anything too small, there isn't anything too impossible for Him to take care of. But it begins with faith. It begins with trust. It begins with a crying out to Him and asking for Him to help us. And then being willing to have enough faith that He will help and that we can trust Him and we can believe in Him and He has the power and He has the strength and He has the ability and He has the compassion to help us wherever we are in life. Whatever struggles or difficulties we're facing. And so when the convulsions are finished and the spirit is left, the child is laying on the floor and appears to everyone there that he's dead. And Jesus does one simple thing that we've seen him do over and over and over again throughout God's word. He reached out his hand and he took the boy by his hand and he lifted him up. He restored life to this child that he had not known for many years. He had restored a life for this father and his son that they had not experienced in many years. That's the power of Jesus to restore our lives. That's the power of Jesus to take our worry, anxiety, and struggles, and frets, and and the demons that we face and cast those things aside in our life to heal us and restore us, to pick us up and give us a new life again. You want to start over? 
It starts with Jesus. You want to start over? It begins with faith and trust and placing it in Him. You want a new beginning to get rid of the anxiety and the worry and the stress that's weighing you down, that's, that's got your mind confused and, and you feel it's, it's so overwhelming that you can't deal with it in life? It begins right here, right now with the Lord. And then here's the final thing. He says simply this. Lord, why couldn't we cast out this demon? Well, this kind can only be dealt with through prayer. Through faith and belief and trust in me and coming to me and seeking me to help you with that problem. It begins with our prayer life. It begins with our communication to the Lord. It begins by seeking Him and His will and His Word in our life. And He said, you couldn't do it because while you are filled with the Spirit, you have allowed your spiritual life to weaken. Why was that? Well, there could be any number of reasons. Maybe they begin to put too, many, too much confidence in themselves. Don't ever do that. We do that sometimes, don't we? We're so spiritual. We're so mature in Christ. We come to church every week and we do all these things. So we begin to put confidence in ourselves. Maybe perhaps it's because there was a little bit of jealousy or envy that they had taken three disciples with him and gone off and left them behind. And so they begin to have a little bit of envy and struggle within them. Well, that's unfair. Why didn't he take us? Who am I? Am I not important enough? Am I not significant? Why did he give them that, that blessing and that opportunity and didn't give it to me? All of a sudden, that jealousy begins to play a role in our faith and our trust. We do that sometimes. Well, why did the Lord bless this person? Why, why is everything so wonderful in their life and I'm having all these struggles in my life? And guess what? Those kind of thoughts begin to affect our faith and trust in the Lord. And so because they had not been in tune through their prayer life and their spiritual growth the way that they should have, they lacked the spiritual power to do what they had the power to do. But they had allowed those things to begin to affect their ability to do what God had given them the power to do. And so they said, Lord, why couldn't we cast out this demon? He said, well, this kind, only by prayer. Only by a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, only by a personal communication that seeks His will and His power and His strength to overcome and to cast out. You'd let your spiritual life wayward too much in order to accomplish this task. You've got to stay connected to the Father. You've got to trust in Him, not put too much faith in yourself and believe that He is the Deliverer. And so with that, we learn today that there isn't a worry, an anxiety, a stress, or a struggle in our life that's too big or too small for our Lord. That He cares and He has the power to overcome and deliver in any situation, in every situation. If we'll simply come to Him with some faith and call out and ask Him to help. Maybe today 